0: Come and dream with me.
1: Well, welcome to What You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every week we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content, help you answer the question, Who are going to guess that a couple of plumbers would get everyone so riled up? I'm your host, Ash Tobley. Join me today. Don't bite. Yahoo. <laughs> I think you gave that exact same noise i think
0: i got i think i said something slightly different last week like
1: not on the spoiler cast it was yeah yeah okay all right yeah so on today's episode we'll be discussing what's in what's history going over some news giving some thumbs up trailers and talking about this week's top three uh but kick things off straight away the biggest movie of the week super mario brothers movie uh animated by illumination uh starring chris pratt charlie day Uh, Jack Black, Anya Taylor-Joy, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen. Uh, The adaptation of the beloved Mario franchise, almost 30 years to the day since the 1993 adaptation, which we also do the spoiler cast for, and you should go listen to that as well. Dylan has a review up on the website. We've got a spoiler cast on this podcast feed. Uh, But Dylan, do you want to give your spoiler-free thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie?
0: Yeah, I think it's a perfectly okay sugar kids movie. You it's- son of a bitch! <laughs> it's got um, it's very colorful. It's got you know, it, it's definitely aimed at younger audiences, which is fine. Like I have no problem with that, but I don't think it has any substance to it. I think the script is just whatever. It's a, it's it's the it's a bunch of s- bits and jokes and. Callbacks written first and then a through line written to get those to connect together. I don't think there's anything. Which is, yeah, again, I, I've, I'm so sort of sick of talking about the movie at this point. <laughs> it's, it's been out it's, less than like, a week, and you? Yeah, and I'm sort of over it. But yeah, I um, I don't think it's a, a like, a, it's not a classic animated film. But if you just want, uh, not to say everything has to be, but I also just don't even think it's, a like, something I'm in a rush to rewatch. I understand a lot of people love it. If they, like, obviously have their kids and they've, they've got nostalgia and all this stuff. Cool. This movie i'm i'm really excited for the next mario game and this was a movie that came out cool great stuff wow five out of ten read my review I've, I've, i'm i'm sort of ex- I've, it's been out a week and i feel like i am exhausted between between talking about it and just like twitter i feel like i'm sort of just exhausted now <laughs> it's probably, yeah
1: yeah uh i enjoyed it a bit more than dylan yeah i think um yeah it's an it, i think it's a fun movie, lots of fun characters, very colorful. There's something happening on screen all the time. Jack Black does an amazing performance as Bowser, um, including a song which I'm sure sort of, news broke everywhere. Apparently, it's eligible for the Oscars this year, so uh, here's hoping.
0: Peaches twenty
1: twenty four. Peaches, peaches, peaches. And did you see, he also filmed a music video.
0: Did he not? Yeah,
1: it. he's like in a peach-colored room, with like a peach. Peach covered uh, peach-coloured piano.
0: Now that surprises me about Jack Black.
1: Yeah, so uh, he was hoping that, you know, 2024 at the Oscars, Jack Black, Oscar-nominated uh, performing peaches on stage by the uh, President of the United States of America. And then he performs <laughs> Um, Yeah, I don't... Know. Yeah, it, I, maybe the film is more interesting or the discussion around it is more interesting. Like... It's a perfectly fine, unoffensive uh, kids' movie. But people are pretty livid about it. (laughs) Like, I understand, like, both directions. Like, people on the the film side are, like, super angry about it. Uh, And then the people defending it are super angry about it. You know who's in the middle? Bunch of kids just enjoying their film. You know? Yeah. I, I think this movie is really, it's McDonald's. It's, it's not like a hard, hard cuisine, you know? Like, a, a food critic is not going to give McDonald's a very high rating, I would imagine. You know what I mean? It's perfectly average. But everybody loves McDonald's, you know? That's what it is. It's
0: baseline. But if a food critic, if a food critic gave... Because if you want to use this analogy... Yes. If a food critic gave McDonald's 9 out of 10 and said, I understand this food's supposed to be shit. So accepting that it's shit, 9 out of 10... Would that be an acceptable, like, would you trust that food critic? If
1: that's what you want from your
0: food critic. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah, th- that's it, it really it.
1: boils down to numbers not really being important. The yeah, well, numbers aren't really important, doing it. yeah.
0: But if the food critic wrote, tastes, it. Like, uh, tastes like ass, but it's targeted at kids, so would recommend. <laughs> like, <what's... laughs> that's what
1: all baby foods are like, right? <laughs> I all love these, uh, Apparently yuckles. these baby foods are meant to be good for the kids, you know? It's like the any children's programming, if you look at it, like... Incorrect, sure, Bluey,
0: Bluey is a 10 out of uh, 10. Two,
1: Bluey the exception. But something like uh, Teletubbies. It does the job of being good for children. As an adult,
0: watching it, critically, not very good. <laughs> I don't think anyone would... Teletubbies falls into, like, preschool material that I don't think people review. Maybe
1: they should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sure there's somebody
1: reviewing like telly you aren't going to review that jedi show that's going to come out the little young jedi adventures or whatever it's called
0: no i'm gonna watch it though okay we'll see uh
1: but yeah you know check out all the content we've mentioned check out okay couch uh but yeah we'll get back to super- well just covered here uh super mario brothers uh reading from hollywood reporter uh, in a major box office win for the box, major win for the box office as it continues to level out following the pandemic. Super Mario Brothers movies shattered numerous records in its opening across North America and 70 international markets over the long Easter holiday weekend. The movie blasted past even the most bulls' expectations, turned 204.6 million dollars in its five-day domestic debut. Uh, including $146.4 million for the three-day weekend overseas. It pulled in $171 million for a sounding worldwide start of $375.6 million, the best showing of the year to date on all fronts. Uh, are those numbers... Super- well, here's, here's more facts. Uh, super Mario passed up the global debut of Warner Brothers Animations Frozen 2, which skated to $358 million in November 2019. Uh, it's also the sixth, second business... Second second biggest domestic opening of all time for an animated film, uh, Laugh past Finding Dory's uh one hundred thirty five point one million to rank behind only uh Incredibles two, which made one hundred eighty three million dollars on its opening weekend. Is the second biggest international opening of all time for an animated film, uh, behind Frozen two, which made a foreign launch of two hundred twenty eight point two million dollars. Of course, it's the biggest opening of all time for an animated. Uh, video game adaptation, uh, taking it from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which had a three day debut of 72.1 million. Uh, and then it's the biggest opening of 2023 to date, top opening film, uh, performance by an Illumination film, the fourth biggest global day and date opening in Universal history behind Furious 7, Jurassic World, and uh, Fate, Fast Eight, The Fate of the Furious. Uh, the f- top five-day opening for a Wednesday to Sunday launch behind uh, beating Transformers Revenge of the Fallen and is the top animated opening of all time for IMAX. The premium lo- large format exhibitor scoured up to $21.6 million globally. So, yeah. So are you surprised by Super Mario the movie making so much money?
0: <laughs> no. Who's Who's this surprising? Are you surprised? Uh, maybe a little, you know?
1: He's outperformed like, like Ant Man and everything, which is like Marvel properties have been like the big thing to get people to go to the movies. So,
0: uh, five year olds getting taken to Ant Man?
1: Yeah, but they're only buying, they're getting very cheap seats.
0: It still counts as a ticket, like bums and stuff. Yeah, seats. but it's money. I guess. Still. Yeah. And what I was talking about the other night, school holidays. That's true.
1: The timing is quite perfect, and there's not really many and many options for children at the cinemas at the moment. Um. But yeah, even then, like parents wouldn't necessarily go the opening weekend. You know, they wait till the very last minute.
0: They've only got two <laughs> weeks of school holidays.
1: Yeah. Uh so yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie. Do you think this has a roll on effect of like a bunch of, we're going to see a bunch more video game at things in the works on the back
0: of these impressive numbers. I, think that, a, a, right. an, I think that they, was already a that was already a just, thing. That was already the thing. I feel like this just helps people, the yeah. people in the making the writing the checks feel solidified in their choices to greenlight some video game adaptations recently.
1: Well, well, be sure to keep listening to to hear our opinions of what video game adaptations maybe a certain studio should be doing next. Uh, Dylan, you got around to watching the Tetris movie, the latest uh, Apple TV Plus film starring Taron Egerton about getting Tetris on the Game Boy.
0: Yep. Uh, It was, I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely a fun sort of ride. I think it goes for a bit too long. It just feels like it draws out. So it's like just shy of two hours or something like that. And it's, uh, yeah there's just a just a middle section there where i, I felt like it was just like i feel like there's 10 15 minutes there that could have nearly just been cut i'm like i don't know if all this was necessary there's a lot of back and forth but um it was it's not like as serious obviously as argo but it has the same sort of weird um feeling to the movie where it's about obviously getting into a uh american basically trying to get to a foreign country and just think people out but in this case the people are a signed piece of paper that says you can have the rights to Tetris. Uh, it's funny to think that all of this is based in, um, I don't know how much is like amped up the, like the characters and the, the personalities and stuff, but like the basis of what happens is true. But yeah, it's just a lot of, Hey, this person said I've got the rights to this. This person says I've got the rights to publish it in these places. Like it's all, it's absolutely wild, wild west of video game days, uh, from years ago. And, yeah. If Taryn Edison's obviously having a lot of fun with it, and there's some other um there's some funny scenes and a good soundtrack and stuff, but yeah. So if you got Apple TV, I'd I'd suggest watching it. Cool. Very cool.
1: Uh you've also watched the first episode of the upcoming Stan Original series, Totally Completely Fine, starring Thomas and Mackenzie.
0: Yeah, totally what's it called again? Totally completely fine. Totally completely fine. I keep forgetting what it's called. Just like yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I didn't watch the trailer for this a couple weeks ago and didn't hear anything about it. And then I was like, "That's this looks like a fun time." So, well, sort of fun, but also serious at the same time. So, the premise for this one, for people who haven't seen it, uh, is that Thomas and Mackenzie plays a, a woman who her grandfather dies, and then uh, when he dies, he gives her his home, which is sort of on this. I take it. I think this is in like New South Wales somewhere. That's where I sort of took it anyway. The uh, he's like, sort of, he used to live on this like sort of cliff face area, and she thinks it's like the best thing ever. And I mean, the, sh- the first episode starts with her contemplating suicide. Like she's laying in a bath and she's like looking at a hairdryer that's plugged in next to it and just like thinking about just tipping that sucker straight, straight. And so the setup is this is already a character who's sort of on the, who needs help herself. So then when she gets into this house and she discovers that people come there, like weekly at least once weekly it seems to be the spot that people come to commit suicide and jump off the cliff to kill themselves and that her grandfather would have known about this and he chose to still give it a house and that sort of pisses her off but she chooses to by the spoils well, with i guess by the end of the first episode she chooses to stay there and try and make it work but she's not she's neither equipped or particularly uh wanting to help people because she's in need of help obviously herself so uh it's a dark comedy i guess it's got it's funny moments thomas and mckenzie's really good in the, in the first episode so far that i've watched and i'm definitely keen to to watch more i've i've had so far this year's been really really good for i've, I've watched a lot of australian stuff i feel list tv and stuff a few movies and stuff but i've really been enjoying a lot of the tv shows that have been coming up yeah they've been pumping out uh
1: and then you finish watching lucky hank starring bob Odenkirk.
0: is this uh is he going to get Emmy nominated for this as well? Uh I don't know it's a very different role, <laughs> so something like uh, Soul, but yeah, I I think I talked about I would have talked about the first couple yes. episodes of this or something, but yeah, so the finale doesn't air for another couple weeks or something like that. But it's as a whole, I would suggest watching the whole series. I think it was eight episodes. It's um it goes into some interesting directions of the characters. It starts out very like sort of unserious. And, and thankfully by the time you get to like sort of the mid, the mid season point, a lot of the, the jokey stuff that I wasn't sure the show was going to take serious. They begin to have actually be real conversations between characters around like the fact that Hank is a bit of a, uh, an asshole and a narcissist at times. And um, the main crux of the season actually ends up going towards him and how he affects his, I don't know what you would actually call them, I can't remember, but like the teachers under him because he's like in charge of the department and what his attitude and stuff, how that affects them, plus him and his choices and how his past with his father is affecting his inability to make choices that would be good for his family in particular his wife, who is, uh, she's coming upon some really good opportunities herself as a um as a teacher at like a high school or whatever uh so yeah it's when it starts getting into those topics it's it makes for some really funny scenes but then they the show does a good job of breaking them down and having it be serious when it when it needs to be and it delves into some yeah i guess really interesting topics around like childhood trauma and all this sort of stuff so yeah i i would definitely suggest watching it it was it was good awesome
1: uh before we get into the mandatory netflix segment i just want to talk about Episode 3, Succession. I'm sure you've seen it everywhere. Yeah, do um, spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it, but... I might watch this show yet.
0: <laughs> do you, uh, do you know. I, I mean, I
1: watched the first low. episode, right? Yes, you did, like, three years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's been on the list ever since. <laughs> it's been
1: on the list ever since, but yeah. Um, fantastic episode of television. Uh, pretty much securing... A whole bunch of Emmys, I would imagine, for the cast and the crew uh, of the show. Um, absolutely, you know, the people I want to thank the most, the 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 people who did the, the preview edit for the, the next time. For like on. The,
0: For the episode prior? Like, at yeah. the end of episode two? Yeah. Yeah, I saw your tweet and I was like, I don't know what that means, but...
1: Yeah, because, you know, they could didn't spoil anything. They didn't spoil anything. They, didn't spoil anything. Yeah. they completely very well misdirected, kind uh-huh. of. Um... But yeah, fantastic episodes, Went incredibly direct, incredibly different direction than most people anticipated going in. Um, Amazing job by the cast. Amazingly shot. Um, Even just hearing, listening to a bunch of discussions around it afterwards, like they did, like a twenty-seven minute like shot, like that did a one shot, like like it was a like as if it was a play. Uh, And because they're shooting on film, they had to
0: like hide film canisters around. Because the film only goes for 10 minutes. Yeah, It's also very expensive to shoot a one take on film. Yes. (laughs) People who fuck up are literally costing money. But they weren't like like, using just the one shot. It was like, they cut
1: that up. Yeah. But for the actors in the scene, they did it as if it was only the one shot just so they could live through this whole thing in real time and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Fantastic performances across the board. Uh, If it it might be the best episode of Succession. It's hard to say. Uh, it'll probably be one of the most memorable. Um, and yeah, everybody should check it out. Also, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled about this thing, let just you know stay off social media. Do you it's
0: know, crazy. I it's I see everyone talking about it, and I haven't seen sh- nothing that I would at least consider a spoiler.
1: <laughs> just people. Like, not know. It's good. Yeah, I guess it depends on who you're following as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, the age-old thing, you know. We're in the age of television, it gets spoiled as soon as it is. Especially a HBO show, you know? Because everybody needs to get in straight away with the memes and the jokes. Uh, And American audiences have just been trained to to spoil everything as it, you know? To tweet along, you know? Mm. So, it's been happening for like at least a decade at this point. If you're being upset about people spoiling TV as it is... You need no, to... it's
0: one of those things, like, even as someone who still wants to watch this show and hopes to catch up on it eventually, and, like, as someone who's been thinking that for years at this point, I just accept the fact that I don't put this, this pretty as a number chance. one priority, yeah. that I just accept if I get it spoiled, it's, you know, that's it is what it is. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Done. Alright. Let's move into the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. Uh, so I've watched the first episode, and you've watched the first few episodes. Of the Netflix series. Yeah, I was binging it this morning. You were binging it this morning, yeah. uh, starring Ali Wong and Stephen Um in which they have a road rage incident and shit spirals from there <laughs> outside a hardware store. Um, yeah, I'm very keen to watch more. I've only watched the one episode, but it is like very tense the entire time. Lots of different, both of these characters are very coming from like very uh, intense situations, but very differing situations. Um, They're both really fantastic. There's also some comedic elements to it all, uh, but it is definitely, at least in the premiere episode, it's like definitely leaning more towards the drama side. Uh, But yeah, it looks like this is going to be beef that (laughs) goes for a while. Uh, Dylan, what have you thought of beef so far?
0: Yeah, I've really been enjoying it. Hence the fuck it today's my sad day i'm just like sitting here uh, watching it um very bingeable very engaging television show each episode's like 35 40 minutes so mm. i think it's 10 episodes so it's like by the time one finishes i'm like fuck all right another one i think i just stopped to get food at some stage but uh the the yeah the setup is and you watch the trailer you're like is this like super serious or is it meant to be a joke it definitely is i would say more of A drama than a comedy but it is funny at times like it leans more towards the drama side than the comedy side it starts as this most over the top as in the first episode just gets straight into it where these characters bump into each other and just like they're both on the edge of exploding and that's what causes this this major sort of altercation between them, road rage incident. But as the show progresses and the episodes go down, the more you learn about these characters' lives, it's not that you feel sorry for them because they consistently continue to make horrible decisions. Uh, but I guess the when it like if you were to push all that aside, they do both have like sort of I guess they they're playing into different know how you put it like that he's he's uh the cut the fuck what's his name again the the dude steven young yeah like his character is this down on his luck dude who's um his cousin sort of fucked over his family by doing something and then he's he's really wants to do right by his parents and they're not um they're back um i think they're out of the country or the i assume that's what the the go is i can't remember now but he wants to get him he like his whole dream is to, to buy this plot a land and build a house so his mom and dad can come back over and live there and like enjoy the last of their life and he's like trying to do all the right things and um he's he lives with his brother and he's like investing all his money in crypto and like just sort of has like a nothing attitude and he just gets really down and he's uh, doesn't think anything's going right in his life and then um what's mccall's character what's her name oh, fuck i'm forgetting everyone's name today jesus christ the comedian, Ali wong ali wong ali wong's character is someone who Uh, So she's rich, she's like sort of on the opposite side, but it's not played as she's the bad guy, he's a good guy because of their sort of social, economical status. It's She's worked really hard for it and she deserves to have her success, but she's sort of getting roadblocked by a lot of things and she's unable to, the way they portray her character is this, she's sort of, her built up rage is caused by her having to have this I've got to smile at everything. I can't complain about things because people tell me. Like her husband in yeah. that first episode, straight away, sort of like when she tries to vent to him, and then straight away he's like, "Just, shh, just breathe and smile, and like yeah. everything will be okay." Like just doesn't let her actually emote at all. So, um, they're like they build upon there, but also the other characters introduced and the stuff you get to see, like how there a lot of characters around them are also going through similar sorts of just you know, having to, to play face as people do in life. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a really well-written uh, series, and I, I can see it being one that isn't on at least, I know by the end of the year, because a lot of other things could come out, obviously, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is on a lot of people's favourite shows of the year. Yeah, I think, yeah, really, really good. Just, uh,
1: there's like, two really out-there reveals in this first the first episode, at least. Um, one, revealing why he had all those winners, Which I didn't, I didn't clue in to at the start. Uh, And then, what's in the safe, and why she wants to get to it? Also, what a reveal! So, looking forward to continuing watching the beef. Uh, (laughs) uh, Great, also fantastic marketing. Apparently, they've yeah. Check out the marketing for the beef. They've got people going
0: around, starting road rage with each <laughs> no. other, and then when the people start to fight them, they're like, wait, wait, it's just a prank, bro. It's, <laughs> it's for a, it's Netflix for series. <laughs> it's, for, it's for beef. <laughs> Crazy.
1: Uh, so I watched the documentary, on the Netflix documentary, of course, uh, Lewis Capaldi, How I'm Feeling Now. Mm. Uh, so, of course, Lewis Capaldi blew up as an artist in, like, 2019 or whatever, when uh, his song... Uh, what
0: was the name of that song? <laughs> I don't know. Because I'll tell you right now, I want to watch this. I'm not a big fan of his music. It's not my like type of thing. But I like him as a person. I just love that he's just this dude. <laughs> like, he plays these very soulful songs. And his dad's Peter fucking Capaldi. So. <laughs> Someone You
1: Love. That's the, the, That was his massive hit that, like, ev- it was everywhere. Uh, Scottish dude. Uh, youngest child. Wants to... Trying to be a singer-songwriter. Uh, all through his teens. Eventually... Gets his big break, um, you know, but still very, you know, down to earth, very, he's a very charismatic dude, very, you know, very funny, On it was on Instagram a lot at the time and like doing crazy stuff, like recording while he's on the toilet and uh, <laughs> shenanigans like that. Um, the documentary kind of follows him during the pandemic as he's in the process of trying to write his second album. Uh, but he, uh, starts to struggle with mental health issues and kind of the, the, the pressure of, uh, releasing a second album, uh, and that kind of stuff. And I think, yeah, it's a very fascinating story. Of course, you know, if you read about him, I'm sure you already hear what kind of struggles he's having to deal with and that kind of stuff. But, uh, I think the documentary does a really solid job of like exploring that his issues and kind of signposting different things, uh. As they were documenting it that kind of, you know, makes sense once his diagnosis is kind of revealed and that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, he's a really charismatic dude, uh, that you kind of hope has every success in the world and that kind of stuff. So um I would recommend checking it out. It's a it's a, a very fine documentary, um highlighting about, like very important issues and that kind of stuff. And also, you know, he isn't a terrible singer. Uh singing, you know. So there's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he's a good singer. He's just I yeah, mean, it's just not your taste. It's just you? not. No, no, no. It's just not my like. I, he's a. He's definitely a very, very good singer. It's just his music's not my type of mm. thing. I'd be. I'd be listening to. I've. I've nothing but that most respect for the man, <laughs> at least as yep. far as I know. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah check out Lewis Quality. How am I feeling now? On Netflix. All right, that's everything in our watch history. Let's move into some film news. Uh, over on Holocron entries, we were talking about the big announcements over at Star Wars Celebration on day one, uh, highlighted by the announcement of th- three upcoming films. Uh, if you want in-depth thoughts on that, uh, head over to Holocron Entries. But Dylan, uh, of course, we've got three star- new Star Wars films coming. One set at the very dawn of the Jedi, uh, covering the first Jedi ever. Uh, we've got a film by Dave Filoni that's uh, going to tie in everything he's been doing in, on the live action side from the Mandalorian to Ahsoka to I don't know whatever else uh, probably Boba Fett I mean he'll show up uh and then we've also got another film starring Daisy Ridley set after the Rise of Skywalker uh Dylan what are your thoughts on the future of Star Wars at least in cinema
0: I uh I'm hopeful I guess would be the <laughs> would be a good word to go for. I definitely think that. So the one that's most exciting to me, just straight off the the pitch, is the let's do the first Jedi. I have no idea what or how that looks or that's directed by James Mangold. James Mangold, which um, who has
1: like a crazy list of stuff, yeah,
0: in the pipeline at the moment. Because I, I think he's about, about to
1: shoot a Bob Dylan movie with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, but
0: that's not going to take ages because it doesn't have a bunch he's of special effects. He's and... also
1: apparently working on the Swamp Thing theme for
0: DC. Yeah, but I don't think he's directing it. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. So... I assumed he was. Yeah, okay. Nothing has be confirmed, though, so... This is the one I most um th- that would be the one I most came for. I'm definitely excited about Daisy Ridley, Ray returning in a in another movie. I'm more than willing to give that character because I really like that character another go. Um the only reason I was sour on Rise of Skywalkers from a script and story perception, which has nothing to do with her. Uh, and I would definitely put the Day Filoni only one last simply because I enjoy watching the verse stuff but i don't think it's super great it's it is popcorn star wars very hit and miss in terms of quality and stuff but yeah so in the if i was ranking those films that's the that would that would be my ranking of excitement
1: uh i mean i'll probably have the same rankings just because you know the thing that we don't know anything about is kind of more uh exciting um, but yeah I mean it's it's cool that we've got some new announced uh, projects to be excited about and speculate about um, it was definitely cool to see Daisy Ridley come out and uh, be excited and you know with potential for War of Rey Skywalker stories um, in the future so I mean you know whether they that ties into more characters we know or it just kind of opens up more of the timeline. Um, it is kind of crazy the timeline that they've kind of split up now that there's like nine eras of Star Wars in which they'll be exploring all of kind of at the same time. This is this might be the craziest expanded universe out there. Really. Timeline
0: wise. I can't think of anything it compares. Um I don't know. Star Trek's got a pretty, like, if you actually get into that universe and I guess, its ultimate, yeah. alternate timelines that are all technically canon and, you know what I mean, like all that sort of stuff. Mm, crazy. Uh,
1: was there any other news from Star Wars Celebration that kind of
0: caught your fancy? In the in the realm of movie and TV stuff, obviously the Bad Batch are getting one last season is cool. I think that we would agree that's a very good decision for that show. Yes. Uh we're gonna get another season of Tales of the Jedi, which is exciting. Uh liked half of that, didn't like like it was very hit and miss, but having more of that I don't think is a particularly bad thing. By and other then, directors as well, not just Dave Filoni this time. Yeah, by yeah, obviously that's cool. The the trailer for um what the fuck's it Visions. Called? Visions was a very good trailer, so excited for that to come out on May the 4th, obviously. Uh Again, that was another one where the the first volume of that, love some, thought some were okay. You know, like, so I assume it'll be the same thing. It'll be hit and miss, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. In, a lot of the TV stuff was exciting from based on everyone's reactions. You know, as someone who follows a lot of people who were there, like either podcasters, YouTubers and stuff like that, like Star Wars people. Um, my Twitter was, has been filled with a lot of Star Wars celebration tweets from people on the show floor in these panels, the excitement around shows like what was shown and talked about from Andor season two, uh, through the Skeleton Crew and, um, Acolyte and all this stuff. These all sound very, very exciting. So I'm just... Most of Star Wars is seems like it's on the up, and I'm gonna have like, from what I literally saw, someone tweet that I don't know if it was about the Acolyte or I think someone tweeted something like most of these shows seem to lean more towards and towards the direction of Andor than the Mandalorian. If so, take that as you will, and I took that as that sounds Good amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, the best content made. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, the com- like date confirmation, like we're going to be getting a bunch of Star Wars this year, so make sure you subscribe to Holocon entries for all that. Um, yeah, we need to come up with some more podcast names. Uh, need to figure that out. Uh, the other thing they confirmed was Lars Mikkelsen is going to be returning as Thrawn in Ahsoka. Mm. So that's, that's cool, I assume, for the Rebels fans. Um, a good fit, good voice. Um, uh, the other thing that caught my eye, apparently, uh, just because, uh, they weren't talked about doesn't mean that projects like, uh, Lando and Rogue Squadron are not still in the works. Um, so, you know, and of course, they pretty much said we're just gonna let Taiko Boy TT do whatever he wants as long as it takes. You know, scheduling wise, it's not an easy thing to, to handle. So those still, things are still in the works. Um, Long development times. I think the only thing they confirmed that was like dead is the the uh, Kevin Feige project, which yeah. apparently there was like no idea really. They were just, just like, "Do you like,
0: want to do one?" He said, "Yes."
1: Yes, and then that's as far as it got. He's like, yeah. "Oh shit, I've got these Marvel movies." Yeah,
0: he's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot that's the thing I have to do." Right? Oh, yeah, I'm contractually oh, yeah. obligated yeah. to do
1: all this. It's crazy. So crazy. yeah, Here's an interesting one. Lionsgate is thinking John Wick is back. John Wick Chapter 4 has been widely expected to be the final installment in the main action franchise, but the fifth film is back on the table after the latest movie's astonishing opening at the global box office, according to Lionsgate motion picture group chair Joe Drake. Uh, directed by Chad Stiletsky and re- returning Ke- Keanu Reeves in the role as the iconic assassin, the unstoppable action picture served up a huge $73.8 million domestically after pristine reviews and an A cinema from audiences. The results were just as impressive overseas with the movie debut in a resounding sixty seven point six million from seventy one markets for a global start of hundred and forty one point four million dollars. A series record on all fronts. Uh yeah. Dylan, do you think they're gonna make a fifth John Wick movie? Or are they just uh, you know, saying this because it's been such a success?
0: No, I think they're gonna make one. I think it's it's really hard to talk about what that could look like without going into spoilers because yes. Unlike other ones, there's actually some significant things that happen in the John Wick lore, I guess, if you want to put that way in this film. But yeah, I I definitely feel like they could make a fifth one. I'd be excited about a fifth one if it goes in a certain direction. And if it goes in another, I'd probably still watch it, but I'd be less excited. Okay. It'd be silly not to make another one in that universe um, with the amount of money it's making, I feel. Like, I, I can't blame them for that. Direct, yeah.
1: I don't know if they're guaranteed they're going to make another John Wick. I think maybe they'll wait to see how successful the uh, who was it uh, the TV show thing, Anna Di spin off ballerina yeah, is, and the Continental TV show. Uh, if those are huge successes and it's just the world that people are interested in, maybe they won't feel the need to bring Keanu Reeves back in.
0: Um, but you know, if they Underperform, maybe they will. <laughs> I think the ballerinas will do that, will do very well with Anna Diana's. I mean, yeah, she's fantastic in bonds. Um,
1: you know, she's a great lead, you know, as long as there's a solid story, but into a good action choreography and that kind of stuff. Mm. So, speaking of fifth entries and things uh shrek is still still holding out for another film and if possible another franchise The last time we saw the familiar green ogre was in the forgettable shrek forever after uh also known as a apparently false title shrek the final chapter but dreamworks can't let shrek live happily ever after and with the risk success of reviving long dead franchises power rangers and ghostbusters the studio is still in the process of rebooting their reliable franchise uh it turns out shrek 5 will be a reinvention of sorts uh, an interview with the Hollywood reporter boss baby screenwriter Michael McMullers revealed the status of the fifth installment of the series. Shrek 5 is being developed. I finished that script and I really, really love which I really really love. It's really personal to me. It's got a big reinvention behind it that I guess I can't really reveal. But since DreamWorks was sold to Universal in that time for over three billion, I imagine they're particularly interested in it and stepping up and actually figuring out the future of the franchise in that way on the corporate level. Reinvention was sort of called for There've been four films and a lot of material, so the characters are pretty beloved and they're great characters. But you also have to think of a pretty new take on at that point. Dylan, are you keen on a fifth Shrek movie?
0: No, of course I'm not. the The thing that I find most interesting about this is that I just often feel like this is these Hollywood execs and stuff react weirdly to successes they have and they don't know what it means. So. Puss in Boots does really well critically and commercially, and they go, "Fucking people love Shrek. Let's bring him back." Not that that movie was, at least from what I as far as I haven't watched it, but from what I've read and people's reactions, it seems to be that everyone loved it for being inventive in its storytelling and having really good animation and just a like a, an interesting story and um, delving into sort of. Uh, making Puss in Boots have like an actual character, like going through something, you know, like that, just like, you know, a good movie.
1: Fuck yes. me, right?
0: So, but yeah, the reaction is people love Puss in Boots. They must want more Shrek. Right? I mean, <laughs> yes and no.
1: Like, <laughs> the idea of a Puss in Boots movie that turns into The Last Wish is because they want to make another Puss in Boots movie because of the the property.
0: You know what I mean? I don't know. The, the, this
1: Last Puss in Boots think, movie... I don't think the Puss in Boots Last Wish comes out of nothing. Someone comes up with an idea and is like, let's use that property or we need to use this. I've got an idea for a great Puss in Boots movie. Let's make that. I think it's developing an idea for a Puss in Boots movie which... Eventually results in the last wish.
0: Yeah, but they didn't like rush it out. It's been ten years, but over ten years since the last one. Also, been that long since the last Shrek movie. Yeah, but the Shrek movie sounds reactionary, whereas the Puss in Boots movie didn't seem reactionary. It sounds
1: like I don't think you wrote the script in like three the the five months since the movie came out. You know what
0: I mean? I feel like it's been they said it's been in development for a very long time. You say that? (laughs) I do say that.
1: Could have wrote it in the fucking
0: toilet for all I know.
1: Much, but also impossible, thematically correct. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from what they're, they're definitely actively uh, pursuing the original cast of Cameron Diaz, Mike Myers, and Eddie Murphy. So, and there is a bit of a hint at Shrek in The Last Wish, so I wouldn't be surprised. I saw that, yeah, of nowhere of
0: him in it whatever. I saw that, there might be a,
1: more of a hint afterwards oh, as well. Okay. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. Shrek what what does Shrek look like in twenty twenty three? Green dude. Ogre. True. Maybe there isn't so much ogre shaming in this movie.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: They just accept him for the way he is. You know? Wouldn't that be a crazy concept?
0: Acceptance. Yeah. What a concept. What a concept.
1: This is an interesting one. Stranger Things set to conclude after five seasons on Netflix, but the that universe is a crazy ex- idea.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but the universe is expanding. An untitled animated series is being greenlit by network by Netflix with Flying Bark Productions and executive producer Eric Robles developing. Uh, it's unknown what the animated series will be, but uh, the. Duffer Brothers have said, we've always dreamed of an animated Stranger Things in the vein of the Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up loving, and to see this dream realised has been absolutely thrilling. We couldn't be more blown away by what Eric Robles and his team have come up with. The scripts and artwork are incredible. We can't wait to share more with you. The adventure continues. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on them making an animated Stranger Things series? What would you actually want this to be?
0: I... I don't know, why something wild and wacky. If you're gonna do the animation, then sure you'd do the stuff that may get a, a series that delves more into the upside down or something, you know, like the more expensive elements of the the live action. You know? That'd be a good use. I feel. Go go wild and wacky. Uh
1: yeah, potentially. I mean I feel like Maybe this will be something to fill in the gaps. That would, like, I assume there's going to be like a significant time jump between seasons four and five, so maybe this animated show could tackle more of that and like deal with a lot of the stuff that you can't really do in live action, <laughs> like having a bunch of crazy monsters. Well, I guess you can have a bunch of crazy monsters and that kind of stuff, but um, maybe jumping around and. Uh, making the characters look the same age the entire time. And of course, <laughs> you could flashback to do flashbacks easier in animation and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Of course, uh, very cool because it's Flying Bark, Australian Studio. So, uh, some would say they are from the upside down because they're, they're down on the, you know. Good one. Good one. All right, last news story for this week. We got the nominations for this year's MTV Movie and TV Awards. (laughs) So, Dylan, I'm going to go through a bunch of categories for this year. And you tell me, who do you think should win? Yeah? Sure. All right. So, uh, best, best song nominees are? Demi Lovato for "Still Alive" from Scream Five, Oh, Scream Six. Doja Cat "Vegas" from Elvis. Lady Gaga "Hold My Hand" from Top Gun Maverick. One Republic "I Ain't Worried" from Top Gun Maverick. Rihanna "Lift Me Up" from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and Taylor Swift's "Carolina" from Where the Crawdads Sing.
0: Just reread the movies again. Hold on.
1: Scream, Scream. Six. Elvis. Elvis. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and Where the Crawdads Sing.
0: Uh, Top Gun, I guess. Which one? Lady Gaga. Okay. Best kick-ass cast.
1: Airman man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Outer Banks. Stranger Things. Team Wolf, the movie.
0: What if I... Oh, Stranger Things. It's appreciate list. <laughs> to be honest, appreciate list. Best duo:
1: Camilla, Camilla Mendez Mendes and Maya Hawk in *Do Revenge*, or Jenna Ortega and Thing in *Wednesday*, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey in *The Last of Us*, Simona Tabasco and Beatrice Grano for *The White Lotus*, or Tom Cruise and
0: Miles Teller in *Top Gun Maverick*. Um, this is kind of hard. I will say. I'll go White Lotus.
1: Ooh, interesting choice. Most Frightened Performance. Jennifer Coolidge in The White Lotus. Jesse Tyler Ferguson in Cocaine Bear. Justin Long in Barbarian. Rachel Sonot in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Or Sosie Bacon in Smile.
0: What was the Most Scared or Most Scary? Most Frightened. Right, Most Frightened. Um, bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay. Best fights. Uh,
1: Brad Pitt versus Bad Bunny in Bullet Train. Courtney Cox versus Ghostface in Chris Scream 6. Uh, Jamie campbell Bower as Vecna versus Millie Bobby Brown as 11 in Stranger Things. John Wick versus Everybody in John Wick 4. Or the Escape from Arcana 5 in Andor.
0: That is a shit list with an easy pick. John Wick. <laughs>
1: Uh best breakthrough performance. Bad Bunny for Bullet Train, Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Emma Darcy for The House of the Dragon, Joseph Quinn for Stranger Things, or Rachel Sonot for Bodies Bodies.
0: Uh Emma Darcy. Interesting. I think that's that's a solid list. That's a solid list, yeah. I I, I think that was fine. Best comedy performance.
1: Adam Sandler for Murder Mystery 2. Dylan O'Brien for not okay. Jennifer Coolidge for Shotgun Wedding. Kiki Palmer for Nope. Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary.
0: Are you for real? <laughs> yes. Abbott, El- Abbott Elementary. There's literally four shit ones and one decent pick.
1: Whoa! Kiki Palmer and Nope, you're calling shit?
0: Is a comedy? She's, a She's funny in it, but it's not fucking... No, I, I don't allow that.
1: Well, this one will make you angry, I think.
0: <clears throat> Love that.
1: Best kiss presented by Cheetos, the brand of chips you want to talk about when you're kissing. Anna and Philip Prajo, The Last of Us. Harry Styles and David Dawson, My Policeman. Madison Bailey and Rudy Pankow, Outer Banks. Riley Keough and Sam Claflin, Daisy Jones and the Six. Selena Gomez and Cara Delevingne, Only Murders in the Building.
0: It's the it's the it's the it's the dead person kiss, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I read the other four because I was completely distracted.
1: <laughs> Harry Styles and David Dawson, my policeman. Madison Bailey and Rudy Pankow, Outer Banks, Riley Keough and Sam Claflin, Daisy Jones and the Six, and Selena Gomez and Cara Delevingne, only murders in the building.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Riley Keough. Okay.
1: Best villain, Elizabeth Banks. No, Elizabeth Olsen. He's like...
0: <laughs> full, bank, full stop, Elizabeth Banks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Harry Styles, Don't Worry Darling. Jamie Campbell Bowers, Stranger Things. Megan in Megan. And the Bear in Cocaine Bear.
0: Um, Two of those, I think, have been put in the wrong category. I would say, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen.
1: Best Hero, Diego Luna and Jenna Ortega, Wednesday. Paul Rudd, and Man of the Wasp, Quantumania. Pedro Pascal, The Last of Us. Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick. Again, I feel like one of those is in the wrong category. but uh,
0: uh Tom Cruise.
1: Ooh. Best Performance in a Show. Aubrey Plaza, The White Lotus. Christina Ricci, Yellow Jackets. Jenna Ortega, Wednesday. Riley Keough, Daisy Jones and the Six. Sadie Sink, Stranger Things. Selena Gomez, Only Murders in the Building. Audrey Plaza. Best performance in a movie. Austin Butler, Elvis. Florence Pugh, Don't Worry Darling. Kiki Palmer, Nope. Michael B. Jordan, Creed 3. And Tom Cruise, Tom gun Maverick.
0: Michael B. Jordan. Okay.
1: Best show. Stranger Things, The Last of Us, White Lotus, Wednesday, Wolfpack, Yellowstone, and Yellow Jackets. White Lotus. And best movie. Avatar, The Way of Water. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Nope, Scream 6, Smile, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. All right, well, tune in May 7th and see how many Dylan got correct.
0: I will not tune in, but look forward to you telling me how many I got correct. Okay, I'll let you know.
1: Uh, I think there's, yeah, a few other categories I haven't announced, or they'll give stuff <laughs> as well. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, all right, let's give some thumbs to the trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're about to discuss in the show notes below or by checking out the episode page at explosionnark.com. First trailer for this week, big one Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, directed by Joachim Dos Santos, Ken Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, starring Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Jake Johnson, Issa Rae, Daniel Killua, Karen Sony, Jason Swashman, Brian Tyree Henry. Luna Lauren Velez, Greta Lee, Rachel Dratch, Jorma Tacone, Shay Wigham, and Oscar Isaac. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse, where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a m- new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders. He must soon redisca- redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. Dylan, what did you
0: think of the trailer for? Spider-Man across Spider-Verse. Yeah, double thumbs up. Looks great. Uh, obviously, this is sort of one of the most anticipated movies, I feel, for the upcoming 12 months. Um, it is looks to have an even wilder, I guess, animation style than the, the first one once they go into the multiverse. An insane amount of characters... If you thought like what six spider people in the first one was a lot, it's like hold hold on to your horses, everyone. He, he's about a hundred million, and yeah, I mean the trailer having the spider people pointing at each other meme turned into a, a bit in the movie, very funny. So yeah, double thumbs up.
1: Yeah, two thumbs up for me. Even if it was terrible, I'd probably still give it two thumbs up. But I think that's correct. Yeah, it's it's just fantastic, uh, beautifully cut together trailer. Uh, again, using the word what up. Dan- What's up, danger? Song that was like a massive thing and is in, indelibly tied to these movies. I'm sure whoever the artist is behind it is like making a lot of money off this, hopefully. Um I think it's it's also an interesting contrast to the first film that was so heavily uh the relationship between Miles and his father. This one seems to be about the relationship between Miles and his mother to a degree. Um where, you know, she's kind of upset that uh he's you know he's he's talking back to her a bit, and uh, he's not doing well in Spanish. Um, I think it's interesting also this coming after the Miles Morales focused video game where we also got another take on Miles, uh, and that was also so heavily mother son focused. Um, yeah, and then obviously to see all these different Spider Man seeing uh, Peter B Parker with a uh, little Mayday, mm. uh, the baby. That was very made me very happy. Uh and then to see Oscar Isaac be crazed, like super scary Spider Man 299. are very against Miles for some reason.
0: Very against Spider Man from and Doctor Strange and what they did.
1: Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Very upset with the MCU just in yeah. general. <laughs> uh also the dot seems like he's gonna be a very fun villain to to watch. Like him stealing from that convenience store and like Just a bunch of stuff coming out of his chest for some reason. (laughs) just stop doing that, so that's great. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will finally be in cinemas 1st of June, so not long to wait. Next trailer, still a Michael J. Fox movie. uh, Directed by Davis Guggenheim, starring Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan, a short kid from a Canadian army base becomes an international pop culture darling of the 1980s, Only to find the course of his life is altered by a stunning diagnosis. The actor who is an incurable optimist is forced to confront an incurable disease. Dylan, what do you think of this
0: documentary about Michael J. Fox? Double thumbs up. Really great trailer. I love the way that was put together. Sort of gives you an idea of the vibe of the movie, which is, you know, about someone. Like the part of them where they say something like, you know, imagine if it was all like you got this disease and then... You know, changed their life, and then Michael J. Fox just being like, that's so boring, though. <laughs> like, whatever. So, yeah, just uh, I don't feel like anyone has, well, I've never seen anyone say anything bad about Michael J. Fox, so very keen to watch this, and yeah, double thumbs up, very well put together trailer. Yeah, I think this looks fantastic. I've
1: been very excited to see this since it uh, debuted at Sundance. Um, I think it's, a, yeah, apparently it's got a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, so uh, it's going to be very good. Um, just really well cut together obviously highlighting all the performances of Michael J Fox I guess it's kind of hard to realise how much stuff he was in he's kind of yeah like a darling of the era and like you know I can't really think of a contemporary to him in one day um you know at least not one who was been turned on by the audience (laughs) you know what I mean Mm. um But yeah, this looks really fantastic. Beautifully uh, use of more than a feeling in the trailer as well. Um, Yeah, I think just a fantastically cut trailer. Uh, And very keen to check this out when it releases 15th of May on Apple TV+. Speaking of Apple TV+, our next trailer is also an Apple TV+, show. Shills! Uh,
0: Bunch of iPhone users here.
1: I have an Android. Uh, (laughs) Next trailer is Silo. Created by Graham Yost, starring Rebecca Ferguson, Common, David Ayolo, Ian Glenn, Rashida Jones, and Tim Robbins. In a ruined and toxic future, a community exists in a giant underground silo that plunges hundreds of stories deep. There, people live in a society full of regulations they believe are meant to protect them. Tim, what do you think of this trailer for Silo?
0: It looks really good. I love a. a it looks like Fallout, right? It looks like yes. The, so they're in a vault they've been lied to or they don't know what's going on in the outside world but i mean i guess fallout the bond like something did actually happen so that there's truth there but yeah this (laughs) this has a whole yeah very um mystery box jj abrams style about it where it's you're going to be spending the whole season wondering like what's going to be the big reveal and i hope my only hope with a show like this is i'll easily get invested i feel but then my problem is are we just going to drag it out forever and then by the time they like break out I stopped caring, you know, that's, that's my only problem with any of these sort of mystery ones, but yeah, really good cast. Love the trailer. I'll go double thumbs up and keen to check this one out.
1: Yeah. I'll go double thumbs up as well. I think it looks really fantastic. Great cast, uh, in, like great world, like, uh, production design. Um, just the scale of the silo. It's massive, um, based on a series of books. Mm um so you know there's content there (laughs) uh yeah from what i can stand it was the the, the, it was done self-published uh the guy like wrote it in short story chunks i guess uh and collated them kind of into two novels so far um so yeah i'm pretty excited for this one i think you know rebecca Ferguson is she's fantastic in pretty much everything i've seen in her recently so uh, her leading a show, that's pretty cool so yeah uh, this comes to Apple TV Plus May 5th next trailer is for Clone High created by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller Bill Lawrence, uh, starring Will Forte, Nicole Sullivan Donald Faison, Judah Miller Krista Miller, Mitra Jahari, Sam Richardson Vicky Martinez Kelvin Yu, Neil Casey and Ayo Itabiri uh dubbed a modern refresh of the 2002 animated series the follow-up is set at a high school for clones of historical figures after a high school that was secretly being run as an elaborate military experiment to clone the greatest minds in history was put on ice the clones are thought out 20 is led to resume the experiment with new clone classmates all while navigating a new set of cultural norms and overly dramatic teen relationships uh dylan are you familiar with clone high and what do you think of this trailer
0: um, I have no idea about this property at all, and I'm going double-thumbed down. It looks not like something I'd want to watch. I know, maybe that's a bit of a shock, because I'm usually into the, the weirder and wackier, sort of adult-based animation stuff, but this reminded me of something that I would have loved when I was in high school. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the trailer did nothing for me. I, I, I didn't really care for this at all. Wow. Uh,
1: this is one up, one down for me. I think it it looks interesting. Uh, I'd always heard about Clone High. It's like one of those shows that kind of... Uh, you hear occasionally about, oh, I got cancelled too soon and wasn't given a proper chance, and that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, with the, the three names attached, creative-wise, uh, you like they you know, hold some kind of comedic esteem, I guess. Um, it looks interesting enough. Uh, apparently, a bunch of the characters have been recast because can't have uh white people playing all the roles anymore especially of colored people and that kind of stuff so um yeah i mean it looks interesting enough Uh, the concept is interesting i like the idea of uh who was it uh christopher columbus pretending to be somebody else because christopher columbus is not a popular person anymore that's amusing um yeah i'd be willing to give it a chance but uh we'll see So, currently, no release date is set to release on HBO Max in America. Uh, So, maybe it'll be coming to binge here. Potentially. Last trailer for this week. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Directed by James Mangold. uh, Starring Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, John Reese davies Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, Ethan Isidore, and Mads Mikkelsen. In 1969, American archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones lives against the backdrop of the space race. Jones is uneasy over the fact the U.S. government has recruited several recru- recruited former Nazis to help beat the Soviet Union in the competition to make it to space. His goddaughter Helena Shaw accompanies him on his journey. Meanwhile, Jürgen Voller, a NASA member and ex-Nazi involved with the moon landing program, wishes to make the world into a better place as he sees fit. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of
0: Destiny? I'm going double thumbs up. I really, really liked the trailer. My only thing I didn't love is there is that short section around the subway through to the horse where the CGI just looks... Weirdly, that CGI there, which looks to either be green screen or um, more likely the volume, I guess. But all of that is worse looking than the de-aging stuff which is sort of weird because <laughs> you'd see like the de-aging stuff is usually the thing that stands out the most but yeah i mean i really like the cast i think it has that fun indiana jones vibe it has the like i like the director that i've like all it, most things are uh, ticking boxes obviously there's still time for the special effects to be cleaned up a little bit before the mm. uh, the release date there's so that i'm not gonna hold that too much against it so yeah I, I'm, I'm going double thumbs up yeah, I'm going
1: thumbs up, double thumbs up as well. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Philly Roller-Bridge looks like she's going to be uh, a fun take on the femme fatale, I guess, kind of, uh, which is, you know, she is double-crossing Indy in this trailer. Um, yeah, and uh, Maz Bickelson playing Nazi. Who would ever if I guess that he would <laughs> play that sort of a villainous character, am I right? Uh, what was the line that you quoted back to me that he said? I'm going to finish what Hitler started. Yeah, I'm no? going to...
0: So, he's the most like atypical Indiana Giants song. It's like, if
1: like- only some character. That's the most original line I've heard ever. No <laughs> one recently has ever said, I'm going to finish what the Hitler started, or wanted to finish mm. what Hitler started in the real world. Crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, this looks good. Obviously, you know, they put a lot of money behind it. Uh, being debuted at Star Wars Celebration, so, you know, that's a bold choice. Um
0: no, they yeah. they showed a teaser trailer I think the other year as well and stuff. On, they always have it at the Lucasfilm panel. They've always talked um, uh, Indiana Jones at the Lucasfilm panel. That's where they yeah. even showed the first trailer for um, um, uh, Work Davis. Fucking, what's my called? The Willow. The Willow, yeah. Okay, interesting.
1: All right, so this is releasing in Australian cinemas on the 29th of June. let look forward to that. All right, let's jump into this week's Top three. Definitely in the top three. Uh, and with Nintendo's m- massive success with the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, the easy top three this week is top three Nintendo Pro movies. No, top three movies Nintendo should make next. Going to help them out, Dylan. What's your number
0: three? Number three is now. This may be a shocking revelation should be maybe higher on most people's list, but I'll go number three. I'm going Legend of Zelda at number three. Mm. So obviously Zelda, I feel like more so than Mario has been the Nintendo franchise that people want turned into a movie or TV series more than anything else. I putting it lower because in, if I could only get one made and my top three, it's probably I'll make it my number one. And if they tried to turn this into a movie, I just feel like there's there's they have to treat it a little bit more serious or else it would just fuck it all up. So, um, Yeah, I'll go number three. All right. My number three, Star Fox.
1: Everybody loves space stuff, uh, and you've got a massive property that you can't figure out how to make good games for anymore. Uh, So why not just do that? (laughs) Make it Top Gun, but Star Fox. (laughs) You know, Top Gun Maverick, but with Star Fox. Yeah. Going on some crazy space mission, trying to take out whatever the big-headed dude it's do a
0: barrel roll.
1: And they do a bunch of barrel rolls. Barrel rolls are key to the fulfillment of the mission. Um, yeah, I mean Star Fox seems like a no-brainer for you know, an animated movie at the very least. Um, and yeah, like it's a property that they have not been handling very well. So maybe in another format they'll be more
0: successful. Dylan, what's your number two? My number two is Kirby. So okay. my pitch for Kirby is, I don't want Kirby speaking. So I need a, I need a, a new character introduced as a sidekick that does the the talking, but Kirby's still the star and the, the new character that's introduced for the film is sort of an audience conduit, if that makes sense, to be along for the journey with Kirby. And it's going to be about Kirby trying to stop, I don't know, you just go something like King Dedede's like kidnapped a bunch of, you know, like the most atypical sort of Kirby plot for something. But goes on adventure, has to suck a bunch of things up, turn into cars. Wild time. (laughs) Movie. 10 out of 10. Wild time. That's what we want to hear.
1: Uh, My number two, Luigi's Mansion. I mean, the obvious one is Super Mario Brothers, the movie too. Uh, But let's just give Luigi his own movie. You know? He'll side side, you know, set to the side this entire movie um and but the best parts of luigi's part is all the scary stuff uh so just lean into that make the make a kid's horror movie uh with luigi at the center about him vacuum up ghosts that makes sense
0: the problem with that is if i took them luigi from the mario brothers movie i cannot pitch it that character willingly going into a building
1: yeah that is a bit of a struggle (laughs) but i'm sure they'll find a way yeah,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. But he got brave at the end of the movie, so maybe he's, you know. Yeah. He'd be willing to at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number two. Dylan, what's your number one?
0: My number one is Metroid. So I guess similar to what you said, space, everyone loves that. Hey. So Metroid is the it's the kids it's kids' alien. It's a family friendly alien, is is what it is. You know, it's like it's PG. You've got this fantastic character in Samus that could be a, a star, like sort of well beloved um heroine that you could build um a bigger like i would still you could do an animated you could do a live action i don't really care to be honest but um you could just build someone around that and like sort of mold samus a little bit because although there's a law for the character it's not like um someone who's like a bunch of voice roles and stuff like you could you could create a voice a bit more for that character like they've done for mario and and luigi and stuff like that like most nintendo properties but i definitely feel like the lore within the metroid universe and the amount of planets and weapons and like the cool variety of uh, enemy designs and the design of samus herself and um, all that stuff definitely makes for a the best next thing for them adapt in my mind all right my
1: number one donkey kong Give him the movie. Give it to Seth Rogen. Let him do whatever he wants, you know? Let him peck dance all over the place, you know? You've got all the supporting characters already designed and ready there. You've already got, like, the Kong world kind of built up. Uh, Surely, based on this movie, they've got to have some crazy, wild, wacky Minecraft scene. Or minecart scene. You know what I mean? They've got to have some sort of crazy underground Minecraft system that they've got to go through, all that kind of stuff. Uh... Have to stop King K. Rool from doing something. Yeah, think. Give me Donkey Kong. Give us more Seth Rogen. <laughs> Donkey Kong uh, doing the Donkey Kong rap, just dancing impacts. It's gonna be great. It's what the kids want.
0: <laughs> kids want lots, and as adults, we're supposed to say you don't always get what you want. Or what you want is not correct.
1: In this case they will because money. Uh, Alright, Dylan. This week, what do you want to watch?
0: Oh no. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, hold on. Uh, this week I wanna watch uh, I guess oh, I wanna watch uh, Suzumi.
1: Do you think it's is it Suzumi or
0: Suzumi? Um let's find out together. <laughs> <laughs> find out next week when we've watched the film and know how to pronounce it but, I yes. don't know if
1: they'll pronounce it like English-wise yeah,
0: yeah but that's say it in Japanese and I guess it'll probably I don't know it might help uh, yeah so you're watching that when? today? tomorrow tonight out of day of recording yeah and then I'm watching it Friday so obviously we both came for that uh, that's the, the new movie from the person who done Your Name and um, Weathering of yes. You so that's exciting it's about a girl who falls in love with a chair exciting 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 um other than that my tv pick for the week would be um nothing really okay. i don't think i have one this week all right well yeah i'm excited
1: for Suzume. i was very keen to check it out uh my tv pick coming to the good old abc oh need Donna? donna's yeah, coffee cafe
0: i forgot that's my pick too <laughs> <laughs> that's out tomorrow i think right as a am it's
1: out tomorrow yeah well, day of release yep. recording so uh in which the description on uh, it on as marks broden and zachary the high octane and unpredictable series follows the story of three best mates running a trendy cafe down one of melbourne's less than iconic laneways so yeah definitely looking forward to that uh let us know what you want to watch this week by going to explosion.com slash twitter or jump to discord at explosion.com slash discord if you want to help us out here at what do you want to watch leave us a review apple podcast Podchaser, leave us five stars and we can leave five stars or just tell people about the show and if you've enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general and thought it's at least worth a dollar head over to our Ko-fi page at explosion.com slash supports thank you very much for listening until next time keep watching stuff I like guess.